Hey everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here with The Pure Now Show. This is episode number seven. Today on the show, my guest is Thee Nguyen. Thee is a creative director at Richard Moore Associates right here in Saigon. She talks to us about branding and the balance between family and work. Excited to have her on the show. Here we go. Hey, T. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the Pure Now Show. Really appreciate you spending a little time with us. You're our first woman on the show. And it's really important, I think, for this show to demonstrate that we are reaching out to all kinds of people in the creative arena. And I'm really excited to be talking to you today. And I know that you will probably offer a little different perspective. This is a male-dominated industry. I think it's, it's getting better, maybe. And you can answer those questions for me. But I do see a lot more senior creative professionals, females these days. But I, I know there's still a, an issue of balance there. To your question about the inequality in the field, in Vietnam, I see that there are a lot of the creative female leaders compared to my previous experience in the States. Yes, it's a male-dominant industry, but during my career, I've been working with very powerful, strong female directors. Out of college, I interned for all of these really creative, leading female directors from Pentagram, uh, Lippincott, and um, they have a very creative uh, people. So when I get back to Vietnam and I've been working here and I see that in, that inequality is really not much. I see that the creative level between like the male and female uh, is uh, pretty much basically the same. So, I mean, that's a, a great sign for the uh, Vietnamese creative industry, right? Definitely there's less creative female um, directors. I think part of that is because of, you know, when you have family and a lot of the things that kind of distract your career development. Uh, you have to put more effort, more time, and um, you just have to work harder to be a, a creative female. I think the family thing, being a mother, is such a strong position as it is, uh, so much responsibility, and to add on top of that a uh, professional career, a man can easily leave the children at home. Dad goes away and brings home the bacon, and mom stays home and takes care of the kids, but this is not that world. This is not 1955 anymore. Are you a mom? Yes, I am a mom. I have a seven-year-old daughter. How's that going? Um, it's great. The, the chuckling, I've been better at it. In the beginning, I, I, I was terrified. All my life, I've been going to work and uh, really just put my whole time into developing my career. But since having her, I think that is um, a two-way personal development. On the weekend, I would try to balance myself, like not focus so much on work, but we would create like doing, um, experimenting with a lot of things, and material, texture, uh, all of that. Like so, it's, uh, it's been a great journey, really. Are you raising her on your own or do you have a partner? I have a partner, I have a husband. I think we, we find a fine balance between us and raising her together has, has helped a lot. Well, I know that's not always the case. There's a lot of single motherdom in the world uh, these days. Yeah, I have some friends and they are, I admire them so much. All of these, uh, these women, they decide to have the kid on their own, you know, having the kid and raising them up. It's just. It's a lot of work and it's hard, but um, they're doing it. And, you know, some of my friends are doing that. I think it's a brave decision. All right, so let's talk about you and your creative journey. When I was little, I was, um, I was always this um, creative kid. I think my mom, um, uh, you know, she really encouraged me to explore 
and um, try different things. You know, play piano. You know, as an Asian kid, every parent expected you to play really good piano and go into tennis lessons and uh, do a lot of different things. Part I liked the most was really experimenting with different materials. You know, always creating new things and playing outdoor in the garden. So those really inspired my um, creativity from the young age. Of course, growing up, and then the Asian parents always expect you to kind of, oh, you know, go to a business school or be a doctor. That didn't happen to me. My parents really encouraged me to be who I was, and really, if you're a creative person and you like to be creative and you want to make a living out of it, so be it. You know, go for it. Um, so they, they really, really encouraged me in that my in my career path. I went to high school in New York and. Um, Long Island, Nassau County. I graduated from high school and then, you know, I, I fell in love with New York and just decided to stay in New York State. And I went, actually, my first two years, I um, didn't do graphic design, I did animation. So it's more the 2D and the 3D uh, stuff that you guys are doing now because I thought, you know, okay, that would, might help me uh, to enter the advertising world. You know, because in Vietnam, we know it was this really fancy advertising executives, and I thought, oh wow, that's so cool. You know, it was this was kind of that fancy world that I was imagining. So I thought, okay, so let's let's learn the animation and really creating really cool movies, right? So I went to Alfred, upstate New York. For two years to uh, do animation and then you know I realized something was missing I just you know staying in the labs um, rendering all these you know creating these really cool characters but what I was missing was the, the use of typography in the work for some reason when I read through the magazines and looking at all of these photography I really love like how they play with type you know, laying out the type and typography, big typography, very bold typography. And that was missing in the first two years of college. And so I applied to FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan. And, um, you know, that was where I really wanted to be in the center of everything, you know, right in, um, in the center of New York City. And so I applied to the school, and, you know, it was simple as that. And during school, actually, I uh, did a lot of internships just because I wanted to know how the creative world was running. I did an internship at small studios, uh, working for Wing Chan. It, um, he did a lot of work for American Express, uh, Standard Charter Bank, and um, uh, these really corporate branding. And then I interned at uh, W Magazine, working with Edward Leader and Natalie Cochet. So they really, really creative people. I learned a lot from them. W Magazine was a luxury fashion magazine and working at the publication was an amazing experience. I learned a lot from them, from typography to the way, you know, you kind of put things together, um, having a photo shoot. So a lot of learning uh, during my second year of college. And then, um, you know, I used to intern at Ogilvy Vietnam. So I went to Vietnam during my summer break and I said, okay, let's let's find out how uh, agencies run in Vietnam. And so I interned for two months uh, working with Tom Notman and Tao Dang. She's um, another very strong female uh, director. She was an uh, associate creative director at the time and learned a lot from her too. Um, and then my last internship uh, at Lippincott, uh, a branding uh, strategy and design in um, uh, New York City. Um, and that was the last internship that lands into my first job in branding. 
So that was my um, career path. So a lot of, you know, uh, from going from animation and um, editorial design, uh, publication, branding. So yeah, that's uh, my career journey so far. Do you recall that spark that may have happened for you when you first felt this whole push towards being a creative professional of putting your sights on the future of you just doing this as your life? Do you remember any kind of an event as a kid kind of sparked that interest in you and, and made you feel that you were, you know, on this path, on a journey towards a professional creative situation. I always like to collect things, you know, little things, uh, cute things, colorful things. Um, it was one of my um, hobbies. I remember going through my mom's catalogs. You know, my mom used to be a tailor. She had a shop on her own. And uh, we used to get these magazines, you know, from Chase Pennies and uh, from Macy's. You know, going through the catalogs and, you know, smelling them, looking at these wonderful photos and really beautiful, beautiful stuff And at the age of four or five years old. So I think it was the first spark. You know, I used to go through every spread and uh, looking at these photos and really wonder how they were made. They were just, you know, at the time in Vietnam in 1994 or 95, you would imagine, we didn't have that kind of stuff anywhere on the street because my mom had some friends in the States. And so they send those magazines to her uh, and those catalogs to her. So that's why I was my, my first encounter on something that more on the creative um, spectrum. And I also used to collect stamps um, from different countries. You know, we used to get mails from different countries and for some reason, um, stamps, you know, collecting stamps uh, was um, also another source of inspiration for me. You know, of course, we see all of these artwork, beautiful artwork um, from di uh, different countries. And yeah, so I have quite uh, a lot of collections since I was little. You still have your stamp collections? Yes, I do. I still have. <laughs> I don't have it wow. today to show you, but I still keep, yeah. I wish I still had my stamp collection. I love I love stamps too because of the art. It was such oh, yeah. fine detail yes, and beautiful. really incredible looking. Yeah. When did you leave Vietnam and go to the States? I went to the States in uh, 2001 to attend high school. I was the first uh, year that I went there and then went out to college and so I stay ever since. I, we've been back here for to Vietnam for six years now, so we are in the sixth year. How do you think uh, living in the States for a while maybe changed some of your thinking or helped you in some way creatively, uh, whereby if you did not go to the States and you just decided to do your creative training here, by going to the States and having that abroad experience, did that open up more things for you creatively, do you think? Oh, definitely. Again, thank you, my parents, and really for letting me go and explore on my own. Um, you know, here with the Asian culture, parents seem to protect the kids a lot. So it's, it's that protection, of course, it's, it's very daring. And I think it's, it's the sense of really uh, that, that parent, parental love over your kid is, is great. but. My parents really just wanted me to explore, you know, explore the world. And I always loved New York for some reason. And luckily, you know, I, um, at the time, uh, going on the exchange program, New York was the state that I, uh, I got to go. And so I think that that whole 
New York experience and really, and especially in the center of it, you know, in, in New York City, uh, really helped me like expand my vision. In Vietnam, it's great because you're close to your parents, but then you don't get to explore all of that diversity. Right, you know, and uh, yes, we get some expats living here, but then uh, the, the access to museums and all of these new things and very cultural things that is really missing here. And in New York, you, know, you walk down downtown and you, there's, uh, there's there's a neighborhood, and you walk uptown, it's a different neighborhood, and all of these museums, uh, Central Park too. So it's a lot of that exciting thing were surrounded me when I was in New York. So that's really helped me expose to that cultural diversity, exposed to this wonderful, creative, very bold creativity um, around the world. It was a beautiful journey. What's your strategy around creative leadership? This is your position with RMA, and uh, how do you approach leading the company through helping brands develop their brand messaging and their identity and what is it like for you what is what is your take what is your strategy on uh, offering these services up to your clients and maintaining some level of success in constantly delivering the goods you know working at richmore associates um, work at rmi here has taught me a lot and i work with a lot of different teams and um you know, and working, really learning from our clients, with success stories, that kind of inspires back to me. We are brand consultancy, so what we do is that we meet, we work directly with the top people in the company, the top executives um, for very big conglomerates, very big corporations in Vietnam. And you know, all of their visions and um, you know, how they run um, their, their business. It's um, really like the, the story that, that we put upon for the brands um, and hearing them, you know, driving through uh, the markets and really um, learning about the different plans, different ideas, big ideas that they have for the company. What I take from, from the experience working with them, so when we try to build the stories um, for build the brands for them. All of our teams really have to do like really deep um, research and learning about different possibilities for the brand. And then from there, we come up with these creative solutions for them. And you know, the thing here I work with, um, Mr. Richard Moore, and he, you know, he's based in New York and sometimes he go to Vietnam. And I learned a lot from him. So here's the story he always tells me. Uh, in, in the 90s, people thought that he was, you know, this guy who's, who, um, who draws shapes, who draws pictures. So there are a lot of challenges, there's a lot of obstacles that you know he went through to really create this uh, positioning for the company. During that time, you know, branding wasn't even like a, a concept that people were you know, used to. Um, so through about 20 years or so, so we've, uh, we've created the brand for Richard Moore Associates to be the leading brand strategy and um, design company. We create the work, we present to our clients, and then we get um, turned down, and then we kind of go back to that stage one again. So there's always that two-way conversation um, with our clients because, you know, to open up with them about new ideas and really persuading them about those creative solutions they are not yet ready you know to grasp yeah i would imagine that 
there is some level of frustration where obviously you want to put your best foot forward for the brand that you're working with. You want to offer them all kinds of opportunities, creative opportunities to expand their brands. And this is more of a conservative market. They have not been exposed to as much. And although it's an emerging marketplace, it's still kind of like, you know, you got to get a little nut and lead the squirrel along and coax them into, you know, being brave and gambling on things that are maybe a little unusual to this culture in the branding and advertising arena. How do you deal with that? What do you guys do to help the, the brands that you work with feel more comfortable in taking chances and expanding uh, their consciousness around what is potentially available for them to increase uh, their brand awareness. I think that the key thing here is trust. You know, you got to build trust with these leaders and really listen to that to their stories and listen to their vision. You know, it's funny in this um, creative field, we think that we these creative geniuses and we think that we have a lot of these cool concepts and it's gonna work. You know, and uh, we come to presentations and we say. You know, you gotta buy this. We have three options, these amazing options, and it's gonna work for you. It's gonna be life changing. It's gonna create this buzz for your brands. But, but I think that, you know, it used to be that it was the me before, you know, when I came to Vietnam, I said, oh, yeah, you know, like I have this New York experience and everything was great. And, you know, I'm gonna go in this presentation, present, and then just get out, and we have this great solution. But really, that's not the case, you know. I learned a lot here working in Vietnam for the past six years. Uh, listen, really listen. These um, business leaders, their vision, and of course, their, you know, what they're trying to accomplish here in the Vietnamese market and build the trust between them and the company. Because I'm sure they work with a lot of different consultants, big firms, big companies. And here I find that in Vietnam, if they don't trust you, um, you don't listen, it's not going to go well. Yeah, that's uh, my my experience working here. And really, you know, the, the listening is important. I say that because we think very different from them. And so when you hear them share all of these ideas and this vision, so when you create the solution, it will be more suitable and best fit for them and kind of build this bridge and, and the connection between these business leaders, even their internal teams and the market and trying to bridge different the stakeholder groups together. Oftentimes we have these beautiful or really innovative great solutions, but when we launch them, if the market or many people don't get it, you know, then I think we fail right there. So in the, the conservative market, like, like you say, we need the patience. Sometimes, you know, just break the, the projects into different phases. If you can implement the creative solutions that you come up with, you just have to break them into the different phases and challenge them increasingly with more innovative creative solutions. So just don't, don't go into the meeting room and just boom, you know, like we have this awesome uh, creative idea, but it, it's may not be what you're looking for right now is uh, really not going to help in working with these corporations yeah you cannot have the mad men mentality here in vietnam you can't just yeah, you know, exactly. come in blazing saddles and show these amazing things and expect them to buy into it because yeah. that's just not the mindset right, here. exactly that's not the mentality here uh so if you really understand that it's you know it's the uh, working experience is a lot better and what do you find that um, your clients are most receptive to as far as brand strategy and their flexibility 
in allowing you to do what you do, which is why they hired you. And I know there's a fine line between giving you enough latitude to do what it is that you do, why they hired you, and then also getting the permission from the clients to really execute things and present concepts to them. It's gotta be a, a very gentle dance that you do with clients here in Vietnam to be able to present really forward-thinking, effective campaign solutions, and at the same time, not lose your client, not lose them intellectually, not lose them emotionally, not get them confused, keep them on track and make them feel confident. And like you said, trust, which is the key to everything in life, of course, but, yeah. but to get them to continue to trust you so you can maintain a loyal relationship with them. Definitely. And, um, you know, here at RMA, luckily I don't work alone. I have different teams and uh, the, the chemistry between the different teams is really working out well for us. So we have the business team, the strategy team, and the creative team. Before the creative team start on our creative journey, you know, trying to find the solutions for our clients, we always start with the brand strategy. With that, the strategies we have to go through really deep research. How the market is, the target audience, and the vision mission of the brand. Um, and we go through a very long, deep research. And it involves a lot of interviews with these uh, business leaders, uh, interviews with their, uh, their teams. Uh, it goes from, you know, the marketing team to the production team to the logistics teams, you know, whoever really is selected for the interview. So we get to know their insights uh, and learn about their stories working for the company, you know, really understand their perspectives and their, all of different thoughts that they have about the business. And then we come up with a strategy that best for the brand and then, you know, and we have this brief for the creative team. So before exploring any kind of the creativity for the clients, we thought we always have to do that brand strategy. And I think that for us to come in and really learn, learn, understand, and have this alignment with our clients has helped a lot. So it's not like we, all of these weird creative people going in into their, their conference rooms and say, oh, this is nice, it's beautiful, and it's it's cool for your for your brand. No, but it's got to be based on something very concrete, you know, and that, that has gained us the trust with our clients because we go in with this strategy with um, what's really grounded study and deep research. For their brands. So based on that, can you talk a little bit about maybe your most successful campaign? Kangaroo, kangaroo water filter. Vietnamese people always really care about their home products and, um, and health issue was one of the things when they're really concerned about. The kangaroo products were born to kind of address this issue, uh, bringing the clear purified water for all Vietnamese households. And so we build a brand from the get-go, you know, from the very beginning with brand strategy and the logo and the whole visual system. And um, last year, they actually rebranded and we helped them kind of refresh the brand. We still keep the brand identity, but kind of modernize the visual system because the brand was built like about more than 10 years ago. So the brand has been through this evolution where 
we introduced more of this modern photography and more on-brand visual system when we have kind of happy, caring people living good life. And one of the great things about the kangaroo products is that they went through this kind of revamp for their products, like going for this beautiful, clean and clear Western style, even in the product design from product design through the visual system for the brand. So it was a big step for, for Kangaroo and we are very happy to be part of their revolution period. What do you see going forward in the Vietnamese creative industry? How do you see things moving forward with the creative industry? Where are things going right now? Brands need to be more social. Social media is definitely one of the, uh, the new pathway that brands can, can take. You know, we used to work with prints and, uh, you know, catalogs and brochures and all of these printed materials. And, and then we move into motion. People are more into these really beautiful clips and motions and, and seeing things move. And uh, now it's social. All Everything that around uh, the brand, um, you can find, you know, online creating this dialogue between the brand and its audience. You know, when we do the brand strategy, we use this um, show, uh, social listening. So basically what it does is that you go online and you can see how these brands are talking to its consumers. Because there's all of these platforms, you know, Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram. So you have to go on those social uh, channels and see how the brands are interacting and you know, from there, you kind of get to know more about you know what the consumers are saying about your brand. So basically, I see that the, with even with the pandemic, a lot of things change, and brands have to move quickly. You know, um, a lot of brands that we worked on before didn't really have a Facebook page, for example. They didn't care because you know a lot of their consumers they uh, they can buy my products from the store, and uh, you know I can just give them the brochures or the catalogs but now that's not working you know they have to go on you know have to build all this fan page and really talk to the consumers on those channels so yeah it's a lot of that is happening now so we have to move quickly and be able to, to adapt to the new trend yeah if you were not doing what you were doing if you were not in the creative field what other profession might you have considered as an alternative if somebody said that's it this train is coming to an end <laughs> now you have to find something else to do uh, right. is there anything else that you know interests you that you would be potentially willing to go down a different path with so if um, if I'm not doing what I'm doing now I would be an um, an art teacher Yes, ah. an art teacher. Can I have two choices? <laughs> yes, you can have two choices, of course. So if I'm not doing, yes, one is an art teacher and the other one would be an, an HR consultant. Okay, so for the art teacher, I love getting my hands dirty with materials, with texture, with, you know, cut and paste, all of that exciting stuff that you used to do. And, you know, having a kid, you know, I always try to come up with new things and to you know for, for us to entertain uh, she entertains me I entertains her so yeah being an art teacher I just love to work with these curious minds you know it's something about you know working with kids has really inspired me and sparked a lot of new possibilities you know I work with people in the firm and you know on the weekends I play with my uh, little kid and sometimes I post stuff on Facebook 
So my friends come and say, you know, that's so cool and stuff. So I thought, you know, why not? Uh, so I was even thinking about opening this uh, a platform, um, the way we can share all of our um, activities, all of our creative exploration uh, with other parents, where they can go in and see how um, they can play with their kids at home, especially during this lockdown. And uh, the HR consultant, and the reason why I say that is because I am where I am today. It's because I think part of it is my skills of working with different people. You know, being a creative director, you have to kind of, it's like, almost like a conductor, you know, in this, uh, in the orchestra. You have to know your team's strengths and weaknesses. Um, not just the skills, but about their personalities and really get to know them. And when you do that, when you know the strengths and the weaknesses of each team player, life's easier. You know, you can put the right people together and create this beautiful harmony. And if that doesn't happen, you know, it's going to be a struggle for any director. So I, I find that I'm pretty good at learning about people and really putting the right teams together. Yeah, I would say that's a critical part of your role as a creative director is being able to identify people individually. And yes. especially when you're assembling a team is knowing how that's all going to work together if it's going to fit. If you're going to have success out of that, you know, it's like uh, any recipe, you know, you're, you're creating a meal and if you have too much of one thing and not enough of another thing, it's not going to taste very good. So, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not good at cooking, uh, but I'm, I'm good at working with people. Uh, <laughs> you might be one of the first Vietnamese women who's ever said, I'm not good at cooking. I don't think I've ever heard that. I don't think I've oh, ever heard please. that before. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my final question is this. What advice do you have for up-and-coming creative professionals, young people that are coming into the business? What can you impart that will save them a bit of misery or discomfort or suffering on their path to wherever they're going to be in, in their creative life? I have a lot of advice, but I would say that this is, well, this I borrow from Paula Scher. Paula Scher works at Pentagram, and she's a legendary designer. Do more fail more and learn more. Of course, any creative person who wants to be successful in their field, just be a better version of yourself every day. But if you don't do a lot, you don't learn a lot. The reason why I say that is because nowadays kids get out of school, they see all of these successful designers, but they may not know how much it takes to be that. Because, you know, now with the internet, you know, everything is so fancy and kind of all these beautiful portfolios you see out there, but you don't know how much they put in. It's so much effort. And in order for us to get that successful campaign, the challenges that we went through. So do more, do more here. It's not just clients work, but do more on your own time. You know, take pro bono work and really show your creativity and your problem solving skills. Your creative solutions may not always be accepted. You just have to keep trying. Oftentimes we come up with these beautiful creative solutions, but when we go to meeting rooms, they got shut down. It's not up to the personal taste of the founder or if they don't accept that, that means you fail, but then just don't get uh, discouraged by it. Just continue trying. Being a creative person, it's not just about showing you have this amazing skill, but you have to be able to say it, to speak it, to present it. That's important. Because, you know, I think that creative people are introverts. Not all of us, but a lot of us are introverts. We have all of these dialogues and conversations in our head, but for us to be able to stand in front of this board of directors and present our, our uh, 
creative solutions can be terrifying. You know, especially here in Vietnam, you know, you go into this this room where all of the board of directors sit there and you look at the presentations. You know, it's uh, so you have to overcome these fears to be confident. And I think that it comes with time, you know, the more uh, you work in the field, the more experience you have. Just go out and present your ideas and yeah, learn from there. Well, I, I just want to thank you, T, for coming on the show. You've been very generous with your information and storytelling and, and sharing bits about your experience. And uh, I think it's very helpful information, especially young people here in Vietnam who are coming up in the ranks. I think you're an excellent role model, not only for women, but men and women here in Vietnam. And uh, I really appreciate your time and sharing with us. Yeah, thank you, Mark. If you enjoyed the Pure Now show, you can check out more episodes at balancestudio.tv or anywhere fine podcasts are broadcast. Pure Now is produced and engineered by Hi Ha Dang. Special thanks to our media sponsor, Maybe, and iDesign.vn. Thanks so much for watching.